Hi, and welcome to the Pioneer Ladies Podcast. We are ladies who are employed here at North Arkansas College, the home of the pioneers, hence the Pioneer Ladies. This podcast was created as a way to connect with you, our students, and provide tips, tricks, and resources to help you navigate college life. We are sponsored by Student Support Services, Career Pathways, and the Learning Resource Center. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, we are the Pioneer Ladies, and we are here today to talk about learning styles and learning uh, how to use your learning styles to study. Uh, I am Brittany with Career Pathways, and also on the call we have... I'm Emily here uh, with Student Support Services. And I'm Andy with TRIO Student Support Services. And I am Heather with the Learning Resources, also supporting students. I think we all are here to support. All right. <laughs> yeah. We're just right, here for so, you guys. Heck yeah. All right. So learning styles. Um, we have talked about a lot of different strategies for studying um, and test taking and all of that. Um, but maybe it might be time to dig a little deeper into figuring out how to study best for yourself and what study strategies work for how you learn and interpret information. So we have three main learning styles. Um, there is visual, auditory, and tactile. So we're going to talk about each of those learning styles, how it works for us, um, and give you guys some tips on how you can use that information um, and other information to help you study effectively. For sure. Well, I think we've broke it up. So first of all, welcome, Heather, to our Hello. Pioneer Ladies podcast for today, talking about learning styles. And we did break it up to where we I'm going to be talking about the, uh, one of them, which is probably the first on the list, which is a visual learner. And I guess the name suggests what you do. It's kind of like, you know, uh, visual learners, they use uh, pictures, they use, uh, you see things to learn about it. You know, whether it's uh, charts, graphs, or, you know, pictures, things like this. But I actually had quite a few questions for you, Brittany, if you don't mind me okay. asking you. So, sure. you know, a visual learner is pretty self-explanatory, right? I mean, we all... Once you hear the name, you're like, oh, yeah, got it. But what are what exactly are the characteristics of a visual learner? Like, how would you classify someone as a visual learner? Uh, well, I mean, visual learning, again, like you said, it's kind of what you said, it, you know, having that um, seeing things. Um, and that's just saying that, you know, you have to you can replay things in your head. You can see those things happening. Um, you learn by, you know, watching body languages, um, facial expressions, um, videos um, tend to help, diagrams, that kind of stuff. I mean, it just means that you you use your eyes to process that information uh, to help you learn. I know I'm definitely kind of like that because visual learner was not my first one. Actually, tactile was, but my second score was like a visual learner. So the, you know, we talk about that this is what's best for a visual learner, but what do you do visual learners struggle with? Like what exactly do they struggle with the most? Like when it comes to studying, 
what are their, what would be a visual learner's biggest struggle you think? I think for me, even though I wasn't mainly a visual person, uh, sometimes within how classes are taught, you know, you sit up in a classroom and you listen to your instructor speak, that feels like more of an auditory type of thing to me. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of had to figure out ways to make it more visual. Of course, writing down notes or creating slides to go along with what I'm listening to and things like that. Or even some people, they might record the class just to have that visual of of where you were. Like I would have an instructor and for me to remember what he said, I would have to literally visual visualize my classroom. And that's how I could remember what he said, to have that like visual of, okay, this is where I was sitting. And that's what he said. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of crazy how that works. Because sometimes, um, you know, one thing that's funny for me is for spelling. And this was actually on that little questionnaire thing that I sent out to everybody on what kind of learner are you? What kind of learning style are you? And the question was, when you need to spell a word, what do you, like, how do you do it? Do you say it out loud? Do you write it down or do you write it in the air? And it was funny when it said that because I'm thinking to myself, you know, I do like a halfway thing. And what I mean is I write it half in the air and then sometimes I write on my hand. Like I, I air write on my hand if I have to remember how to spell something. Yes. Yeah, so, um... <laughs> I don't know if it's a millennial thing of me, but I envision typing it um, like on a keyboard on the computer. Oh, wow. <laughs> that sounds overly <laughs> complicated. <laughs> sounds like an Emily thing. You're right. You're right. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> Emily. They made fun of me for liking testing. So, I mean. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's a little different, but okay. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> It kind of goes, not necessarily, you know, typing or whatever, but, you know, having the visual stuff, if you think about even like doing, when you're making lists, making grocery lists, any of that stuff, um, you know, if you have to write it down to like see it, to be able to remember like what it is, um, you know, I'm the worst, you know, when I'm trying to make my schedule or plan out what I need to do, like I have to write it down. Mm. Um, Oh, God bless planners. Get it in. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I have to see it to realize like how much I have to do. Um, And sometimes you just don't even realize how much is there until you really put it down in paper on front of you. Um, I mean, even same with studying. I mean, you can think of, if you're thinking of, you know, anatomy and you're trying to remember different, you know, bones and everything, you don't really realize how much and how much is there until you like are really looking at it. Like you can say, Oh, there's, you know, what, 106 bones, but until you're actually like looking at all of them and all of their names, it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a, a write it down person. I'm not Emily. I'm not really a typing person. I don't know. I, I'm a person that's got to write it down, especially with like phone numbers and stuff like that. It's it's weird how it works because I'll sit there and write things down to remember things. So I have to visually see it. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I was supposed to do. But if I talk about directions... I'm like, you'll see this giant tree on a corner with a weird looking root sticking out. Then you turn left there. You know, I'm that's when my visual learner really kind of shows, I think, because I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm picturing the root of me driving. And then my husband is like, okay, you turn left on, you know, Bauer or something. And it's like, where's Bauer? You turn left by the big tree, man. Come yeah, on. I was like... <laughs> 
it's a tree. Don't don't confuse people. And he's like, you're confusing people. So it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, the visual learning kind of reminds me of I we had to do a thing in the FYE class about different strategies for memorizing things and the loci or lo however you say it. Yeah. It's you know based on the idea of you visualize something to tie into what you're trying to memorize. And so I feel like that it would be something good for those types of learners because you know you're looking like okay I see this this is telling me what it is and then you can go on to the next mm -hmm. oh yeah I definitely recommend that, that to students that come and see me um in my supplemental instruction for science I'm always telling them to write pictures because a picture is worth a thousand words and you can tag <clears throat> excuse me you can tag so many topics and concepts to one picture and so when you're taking your test whenever you see a word it's like oh I knew I drew an apple for this and then just by you drawing that apple will help your brain to recall all of the almost all of that information that you were putting in around that apple do you, I know that sounds simple but do you get the point mm -hmm. like because you visually see that it's triggering those memories in your brain and helping you to recall all of those things that you you attach to the apple you know what's fun about that too um this goes into the tactile which i know that Brittany, you're gonna talk a little about in a minute too uh they say chewing gum when you study if you, yes. if you chew gum you're you're able to recall certain things because it's it's like a muscle memory you're doing something actively which it you know instigates your brain to remember and so I always thought that was kind of cool, but I hate chewing gum. So it wasn't going to work for me. I'm not a gum chewer. Just no. <laughs> Pictures sound more like fun for me. <laughs> so I think the tactile was going to be Emily. Oh, yeah, Emily. Sorry, yeah, Brittany, you're auditory. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. You want to jump on and oh, talk about that? If I can interject real quick before yes. you switch topics. On your visual learners, um, I know that since we've got COVID going and we've had to put most of our gen ed classes through Zoom and on virtual learning, there's several instructors and stuff that don't, um, they may just have their PowerPoint up and then their voice, you know, disembodied voice talking over it. And a lot of the visual and tactile learners are really struggling with that and kind of feel left out because like, you know, it's kind of like this was dropped on off. Yeah, this is dropped on our lap. Like, what are we supposed to do with this? Um, but, and I love that you mentioned that um, our visual learners, they study also body language and facial expressions because that is a big thing that they're missing in the class right now is yeah. they're missing sitting there and seeing their instructor move their hands as they talk about stuff. So they're not able to recall those movements. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing you can do is take whatever topic you're looking or you're studying in your class and then go to YouTube, man. And there are cartoons, there's people talking about it. There's disembodied voices if you prefer that. Um, but YouTube is an awesome resource for that. Um, but definitely remember that as of it, if you do lean more towards the visual side, that missing out on body language and facial expressions is definitely impacting your learning too. For sure. Actually, I remember a teacher who used to, he would dress up in a new costume every week we had class. He had a different costume. So it was very, very easy to remember what you're learning that day. It's like, Oh, when did we talk about this? Oh, that was when he wore antlers to class that day. 
That's what it was. Yes. That's a really I good idea. I had a teacher in, like, middle school who, like, ran across the desk to talk about, like, things floating on the river and all this. I don't know remember what we are talking about. But he, like, you know, this almost seven-foot instru- teacher jumps up on all the desks and is, like, hopping from desk to desk. And, like, I just remember mm-hmm. that because, you know, it made such a thing. I, I feel like, you know, that same lesson, you know, with just standing in front of a classroom would have yeah. been way different. So visual learners and professors listening, you should wear funny hats every time you do a Zoom class. Yeah. Do, do something crazy, crazy to see if your students are even listening to you because I guarantee students will always come to your class if you do crazy things. Well, and they'll be more interested in stuff. I know that there's a lot of dry subjects that you have to learn in college. And I know it's not on the professor's job, actually, for the student to learn. They just have to present the information to you. And then it's 100% your responsibility to take that information and learn it. Um, But definitely, you know, to any instructors that might be listening, it does help to kind of jump through a couple of hoops. Um, I had one fantastic instructor tell me that it's that standing in front of a class every day is like a comedian, you know, standing on stage or a performer standing on stage because, you know, sometimes you get up there and you're saying all these things, you may crack a joke and it's dead silent. Um, but you still have to continue teaching. Yes. Uh, but maybe if it's, you know, less, I don't know, um, less generic, wrote, robotic, just, I'm just here to give you this. Um, I know you guys don't like this subject and you're not going to do anything with it. So just here's your information go. I mean, I get, I get where, you know, that would, <laughs> that's kind yeah. of how it's it is, especially whenever right students don't talk to you or even look at you or yes, now turn their video camera on, <laughs> but um, definitely staying engaged in, giving your students even the slightest bit of an emotional connection to your class is going to help them want to engage and want to learn the material you're putting in front of them, even if they think it sucks. Okay, Emily. (laughs) Okay. So we took this awesome learning style quiz, you know, different from normal quizzes to see like what office character fruit I am, but found out that I'm a tactile learning style which usually I know I've said on here too, that I'm very visual, but I'm not very far behind in visual. So, but when I read about, about tactile, that made a lot of sense. Um, it says for a tactile learner, you learn by touching and doing uh, very hands-on. And I feel like that can be kind of hard to learn, especially in a classroom, like how hands-on can you be for certain subjects? Um Like it says, use flashcards and even like spelling things out, like with your fingers as a way to kind of learn uh, and and do while learning. Like what else would you recommend for someone that they learn by touching and doing for especially for now? Like you said, for some things that we're doing now for there's PowerPoint slides and there's audio over Like how can someone that's tactile that kind of needs to be more hands on? learn well if you have never met me then I'm sorry but (laughs) I am very extra I like to be crafty I like to make things Um, whenever I do supplemental instruction I try to hit all the learning styles because you never know who's going to come in there needing help but I I mean go get some play-doh it's 50 cents for one tub of play-doh like one little container of it 
go get a couple of colors of Play-Doh and like literally make the thing. Even if it's in history, make a little visual setting of the battle of whatever and uh, to do that. Um, that's moving your hands. Also, uh, I know this sounds kind of silly, but not sitting down at a desk when you're studying mm-hmm. is probably going to be one of your best friends if you're more tactile even just simply standing up having kind of a a taller counter or something like that where you can stand while you do that because just the fact that your body is standing up and having to maintain its balance and not fall over that is giving you um movement and motion in your body while you're studying so it's going to be able to do that um using your hands and stuff too Sure. If I have to like remember a speech or something like that, I will get up and I'll walk around my entire house and I'll move my hands around and talk out loud, like yes. very extra. But like, <clears throat> just to get that movement going. Well, you know, and even something good. as simple as laying down on your stomach instead of sitting at a desk—that right there, or or like I said, standing, like just something simple like that can put that tactile in there for you. There are also um, I know for the sciences, and I post in the supplemental instruction groups that I do, there are different um, simulators online for the different class. Like, obviously I do science stuff, so I know the science one, but I I put the upload those to the groups with the students that I work with because um, those tactile learners, they need that. And everybody actually, they all end up playing with them, but it's just clicking a mouse and moving one thing to another. But the fact that you're actually interacting with the material is going to be help really helpful for those that are heavy on the tactile side. Yes. Awesome. So a lot of movement, movement and a lot of art projects. Yes. Cut and paste (laughs) and glitter and move stuff. Just make whatever you like to do. And if you don't like glitter and color, like black, I had one um, student that liked everything just black and white and gray. And then she would have like yellow highlighter (laughs) and that was it. (laughs) But she's still, you know, she made things, she made things work for her using just that. It was still pretty. It was still for her. It was still moving her and just all that other thing. So don't think that, Oh, well, I'm not a sparkly person, so I can't be tactile. Like, (laughs) well, one thing that, can just be drawing it out, not going. Like one thing that's really cool too. Like I know that everybody's bummed out in some ways uh, about learning on Zoom and being at home. But one, I guess you could say, kind of freedom is that you know you're in the comfort of your home, and then if you're doing a Zoom and you have your own space and you're having trouble, like you know, like what we just said you know, you're at your house. I mean, if you're an artist and you have painting supplies, we'll paint your class, paint what, what happened in your mm-hmm. class. Or I do, I'm, I'm totally, you know, if you go to class, you know, yes, like I am completely 100% okay with that. I'm just trying to think of, you know, for students who are at home, if you're better with, let's say you, you needed to make a song or something about what you learned that day. You know, you're at home. You can make as much noise as you want. You can go back on the yeah. keyboard or make you a drum and start doing those things. I'm like, you kind of have the freedom. You know, teachers in class would have a problem with that. So get creative yes. at home, guys. Like, yeah, yeah. make a drum. And be so take full advantage of this time you have yes but when we do return to classes because fingers crossed that's going to be awesome I can't wait for that because I miss seeing actual students in person um 
I don't know if all the teachers would allow that. It'd be great if they would, but um, my son has ADHD and so it's hard for him to sit still. And one thing that, and he's also obviously a more tactile learner with that. Um, he loves hands-on and moving and being able to do that. But one thing that his teachers at school, and I love this, is for any student that needs to fidget, so more on your tactile side is usually your fidgeters, um, they are allowed to stand up and quietly walk to the back of the class or sit in the back of the class, whatever you want to do. And when they feel like they need to fidget, they're allowed to stand up. And just simply standing up and maybe, you know, switch, you know, rocking kind of back and forth from one foot to the other, just doing that while the lecture's going on. Um, if your teacher allows it, of course, that right there is going to help you to remember that information as well. For sure. And don't be afraid to ask because the worst thing they could do is say no. And well, that just, that's life. <laughs> Rejection <laughs> happens. Yeah. And I think, Brittany, you've got auditory, unless Emily had something else she wanted to, did you have anything else you want to add? No, Heather gave me awesome advice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, auditory is actually what I scored highest in. Um, and then I guess that kind of makes sense that visual is actually my lowest. Um, and it kind of surprised me because I feel like I am more of a tactile learner. Like I'm good with doing stuff with my hands. I like to, you know, again, I write things down. Um, you know, I try to do things I learn by doing, but, um, this says that I do good by auditory too, though. So, um, it's one thing that says, um, is needs more time to process information and ask questions. Um, and that's totally me. Um, I feel like when I hear things or when I'm learning things, like I have to sit and like really think about it to myself, um, say it to myself to get that. Um, but one thing that was kind of funny. So a couple days ago, someone had shared a meme on Facebook that says we cannot allow this year to end. That would be admitting that 2021, but it was in the, the numbers for the year. And it took me, I did not understand that because I was reading <laughs> I it, it in my head, trying to be like, I don't, I don't understand it. And it took actually saying it out loud and hearing me out loud saying 2021 to realize that it was meaning like a word and not numbers. I just, I couldn't process that without actually saying it out loud. Um, so that kind of makes sense now that I think about that. Um, you know, I like discussions. Um, I don't know. It, it's kind of tricky because I feel like I'm not the best auditory because somebody can tell me their name and I can't remember what it was five minutes later. Um, so I, I have to kind of work, work on that. Um, but definitely listening to videos, um, you know, recording lectures and listening to them again. Um, those are definitely things that have helped me. Um, I cannot just read things. I have to read it and say it. Um, I can read the same sentence five times, but then once I read it out loud and listen to myself reading it, I get it. Um, Did you say that your so. second one was kinesthetic or you normally feel like you're a more kinesthetic learner? Okay, yes. so usually when those two are paired together, you probably would work really, really well in a group setting discussing the content. Not even, I mean, you can draw pictures if you want, but study group, um, especially for people that are auditory and auditory kinesthetic, um, they do a lot better with just, just sitting down with like a friend or a couple friends and just talking it out. Be like, okay, he said this, we're going to talk about this topic first. And we're just going to say everything that we know about the topic. And then just bouncing those ideas back and forth off of each other is go. not only are you getting that auditory, but you're still getting that kind of kinesthetic. You've got that other person and you're interacting with another being. 
um, which is also going to help you remember that information better than just reading it to yourself or reading it out of a book. That definitely, that definitely makes sense. Uh, I I do like, I rather do discussion. That's kind of one of the bad things about online classes. You know, the classes that are strictly online. I've had a class before that there was no lecture videos. There was like, it was literally like he just put the information on the pages and you had to read it. Um, And then, you know, discussion boards online. I, you know, I feel like I don't get a whole lot out of those, but when I'm in a class and having that conversation um, and hearing other people talk about it, that definitely does make a difference. Yeah. Well, and the beauty is that today we have um, Skype, we have Facebook messaging, iMessaging, um, FaceTime, Zoom. You can make a free Zoom account and they can Zoom for like, what, 40 minutes before it cuts them off. And then just pop another Zoom session back up if you guys are not done talking at the 40 minutes. Um, I actually have coffee dates early in the morning with some of my friends because of social distancing and I'm working from home and I, I miss that. I'm very, I'm very interpersonal. Um, I need people. I feed off of that energy. Um, and so I set up, we get up at five or six o'clock in the morning and then we just have coffee and we just talk. And um, so definitely do that on, and Facebook has, uh, what is it called? Yeah. Rooms. Is that what that's called? Um, I've had a couple of students that use that for their labs because in a typical science class, you would have a lab partner and you guys would be doing your lab together. And so I definitely encourage, and you know, the instructors as well, I tell them like, get on that, get on there and use those rooms and do your labs together so that, I mean, yes, you have your own lab kit. You're at home. Ideally, you're supposed to be doing your own work anyways, even in a group. But you can talk about it and you can discuss what's happening and what's happening with your stuff. And it's just um, it's it's you're having that more kind of like you're in a class, but you're at home. Oh, yeah. You know, I I always try to encourage students to do study groups, you know, at least with one other person. So they're having that discussion. Um, And obviously, you know, that's not going to work for everybody. But, yeah, I feel like. If, especially if you have people in your group that do have those different learning ways that they learn, um, you know, they're bringing all of that into the group and you can kind of, cause you know, just because you're an auditory learner doesn't mean that's the only way you learn. So you may get something from somebody else to add to that. Oh, for sure. Um, by having cause so if I may, um, if you're in a class it, so. with me and you happen to find yourself in a class where we like to talk about birds, um, and, <laughs> I am going to give you a test. Okay. We have a test this week. All three of you, you all three just did three different um, learning styles, mm-hmm. correct? So I'm going to give you a yeah. test at the end of this week. And at the end of the week, all three of you, you will have one portion that is, you are going to hear bird calls and you will have to pick out specific ones. The second portion, you're going to be shown pictures and you will have to select certain birds And then the third portion is going to be, oh, hold on. I didn't even think about that. The third portion. Feathers. Yeah. You're going to have to like be able to feel the feathers and the texture of the different feathers and tell me which feathers that bird belongs to or wait, which bird those feathers belong to because of that. So how do you guys, I'm going to pose this question real quick. All three of you, it's an all skate. How are you going to study for this one test? I don't know. Like, I feel like a study group would be yes. good for that, to take each of our strengths together. Yeah, teaming up, definitely. And if you don't want to team up because you're, you know, 
you don't like people, which you would be like, my husband doesn't like people. And he likes to learn by himself quietly in a quiet room with no color or anything. It's wonderful for him. Um, but he, you can do all of these different things that have been talked about and all the different tips for auditory learners and tactile learners and visual learners. You can just pull, you can Google any of those. If you're not comfortable with that learning style, just Google tips for auditory learners if you're a visual person and then just pull one of the things that they say and try putting your information in that format so that you're getting it in yet another way yeah it's it's really fun like um hmm. you know whenever you think about things like i'm just sitting here and i'm i'm listening to to what we're you know everything going on and i'm just i don't know i had like a flashback <laughs> whenever i was in high school and I'm not always, I don't, I don't like group work. <laughs> I'm a terrible, <laughs> maybe I'm a bad person. I don't know. I hated group work. And I, to this day, I'm kind of eh with group work. Like I can do it more now, but when I was in high school, I dreaded it. I was just, I'm like what you said about your husband, Heather. I'm like, I was a person who, even to this day, I like to just be by myself you know, give me my own space and just let me kind of go with it. But as I got out of high school and I started entering like, you know, college and all this great, wonderful things of life, it's, I learned that I couldn't only do that. And I think that's what a lot of our students are probably experiencing as well is you're still growing as a person too. We kind of forget that. Like, you know, oh, well, when I was in high school, you know, that was like almost 12 years ago for me. So it's like things do change. So now I'm not so much of a, I don't want to say I'm not a visual learner, but when I think of the audit, auditory and, you know, the tactile, like I really feel like sometimes I'm more of those, but then other times I'm more visual. It's almost like you have to tap into each one of them even a little bit. Yes, especially depending on what you're being yeah, like, tested on. My biggest thing I think of is language. You know, how do you learn language? Well, a lot of people say you got to immerse yourself. Well, how do you immerse yourself? You listen to music. You watch TV. You read the, read the language. But my biggest thing I always tell people is, you know, actually it's better to sing their songs. Because then you're pronouncing it like they are. You're listening to the pitches whenever they pronounce a certain word. And it's not the boring repeat after me. It's, you know, you're singing a song. It's more fun. You're going to remember it. It's almost like you think of, like, the Spice Girls. Nobody, nobody yes. remembers the names of each of the Spice Girls. Like, I don't. But I remember, you know, the songs, like, or Backstreet Boys. Like, I remember all of those lyrics. <laughs> my jaw is literally dropped right now and I'm sure that baby and scary spices are also probably so. <laughs> I'm just saying this little 30 year old over here is like oh my gosh <laughs> I know them all but that's what I'm <laughs> I I can I can tell you the Backstreet Boys I was in love with Nick Backstreet Boys and NSYNC <laughs> but that's but you know what I'm saying it's like it, it just depends like you said on certain things that you're trying to learn and I guess that's what I'm thinking about is in high school, I only focused, you know, on uh, like I focused on tactile 
for me and visual more for me in high school. But as I got older, I realized I needed to do more of the auditory. And I had to look Mm -hmm. that up. I was like, okay, how can I learn this language? How do I remember what my professor said? You know, writing down all those notes, you know, I didn't bring computer. We didn't bring computers to classrooms. Okay. Those things were heavy to bring to classes all the time. They weren't super thin back in the day. I know people we're not that old, but technology has grown so fast. It's like, yes, you know, has, I remember definitely. when, you know, we still had those wonderful, what are they called? The Motorola's the, the, the bricks for phones. I still remember that. Yes, the indestructible exactly. phone. I mean, we, so you handwritten notes and sometimes it was just too much. So I started when I was in, you know, and when I was going for my bachelor's degree, I had to record my classes and go back and listen and then make my notes then because my teacher was so fast. He would just hit so much content in one day. So I think one thing for our students out there is just because you're strong in one, like all of us are strong in a specific one, like tactile or visual, it doesn't mean you can't use all of them. You you just have to tap in and practice maybe a little of the others to get better at them. Yes. Well, and I love um, that you mentioned going back in high school and that you're not the same person now and that you're constantly changing. I think that's important for students to understand too is you grow and you change whether you like Mm -hmm. it or not. Um, It's especially, you know, I'm married. So in my marriage, I love when people say, Oh, I've been married to eight different people in my life, but it's all been to the same woman. You know what I mean? Because they, you Mm -hmm. change into this different person as you go. Like, you know, I'm, I'm 30 now. I don't do anything that, well, I don't do most things the same way I did when I was 20 years old. Um, And that that's good. That's good that there's growth there. But it did make me laugh because one of the first things that I hear um, when I do a a session with a student, they have to do a a color, like a personality test, and then their learning styles test, and then get those to me before their session. So I can kind of get a get a little bit of an understanding of them. And usually, the first thing I hear is I already know what kind of learner I am. I already know my learning style. I did this in (laughs) kindergarten. They made me do this in high school. And it's like, wonderful. This is college. Hello, please do this for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you're different. Like you're a different person. You've experienced different things that have molded and shaped you into a new person. And your learning style will change with that as well, as it should, because, you know, all children, small, small children, most of them are going to be your kinesthetic learners. They're fun little things that want to dig in glue and lick it and put glitter in their hair and all those other things. Um, And then as they grow up, they start learning in the different modalities, which is good. Um, And then of course, you know, you get stronger in one, you kind of lean heavy on that one, but that's kind of like a guy missing leg day or whatever that saying is, you know, where he's got the super big arm muscles because he hits the gym and he, he lifts a whole bunch of weights, but then he never does leg weight. So he's leg day. So he's got these tiny Mm -hmm. little legs. If you're not exercising, Mm -hmm. Um, especially as an adult, you you know, you hear about well-rounded adults, you want to be a well-rounded learner. So make sure that you're exercising your learning and understanding in each one of the different modalities so that you can strengthen those areas that are you, where you are weaker, um, and then continue, you know, you still have that, that one way that you're comfortable with that you're still able to learn in the quickest. You know, that's a really good point. 
especially on to like science classes, I think that might be why so many students struggle with science classes is because, you know, it does require to use so many different learning strategies um, because, you know, you have lectures that you're listening to, you're memorizing, taking those tests, but then they have the lab stuff where they're having to look at stuff through slides or look at pictures or, you know, do these experiments. Um, and so there's two different sides to it. And if you can't do more than one, Yes, and a big issue with that, especially, well, since we brought up science, and it is one of the more difficult subjects, but math as well, science and math, definitely, and uh, working at North Arc and being in the LRC and listening to the different students that get tutored, statistics, apparently, is a horribly, terribly hard class. So uh, just throwing that out there. But (laughs) a big problem is um, going back to the high school. When you're at high school, they kind of, and all through elementary the there's a Bloom's taxonomy pyramid. So just like bear with me here. The base of this pyramid is remembering. So you're taught to recall facts and basic concepts, uh, definitions, memorization, stuff like that, just so you can remember it. And then you move on up to understanding. So then you're going to be able to you yourself have an understanding and you're able to classify, describe, you're able to explain the concept to somebody. Um, And then, so they mainly focus on those. Well, whenever you get up to the college level, we expect you to build on top of your remembering and understanding that you went through and then start to apply and analyze the information. Use your information in new situations, which is your your labs and stuff. Uh, we want you to be able to solve problems and interpret things and and do use the the information that we're giving you. And then on you know going up above that, we want you to be able to draw connections among these different things so you can see how all the world works. Like science is just a big chain. If you are missing the first two links because you hate science and you didn't feel like doing anything in lecture for the first two weeks you're not going to know what you're talking about really in the next test because it all builds on each other. And the whole point of doing this is so that when you graduate and become, you know, yay, successful adult in life, you are going to be expected to be able to justify and stand by your decisions based off your learning. And you're supposed to be able to create and produce new work based off the things that you learned in school. But a lot of college students are still stuck in that memorizing Uh, aspect of of your learning and when you get to college it's not just um hey person what's the least amount of work that I can do to get the best grade in here that's not how college works that may be how high school worked but in college you actually have to get that understanding and then on top of understanding then you can apply you can't skip from memorizing to being able to analyze right as soon as you get out of there you've got to work the steps of remembering, understanding, applying, and analyzing. Um, and But that's why a lot of students I hear, they hate the testing and they feel like there's trick questions on their test. But they're not trick questions. We just, we don't want you to spit back out this definition to us. We want to know that you took the information we gave you, went home, did whatever you needed to do with it, be it listen to it, see it, play with Play-Doh to get the concept, And you understand that concept well enough that I can give you a real world example and you can give me the right answer for it. And if you are not at that point, then that means that you are not ready to move on. And that is why you get A's, B's, C's, D's, and F's, and you either move on from a class or not. Sorry, I'm done. (laughs) Sorry for the rant. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was just trying to absorb everything. <laughs> I was like, right? You're welcome all auditory. instructors for what I just said to your students. <laughs> nice. Well, I think we're good, guys. So, Heather, thanks so much for coming and helping us out, like kind of clarifying a few things for our students, kind of clarifying stuff for us. And... You are so welcome. Yeah. Has anybody else got something they want to say before we all say goodbye to this one? I do. If you need help studying, uh, tutors in the LRC are always ready to help you. <laughs> As us here in TRIO, NCPI. <laughs> yes. As all of us yeah. in all the departments we work at, there are so many people here to help you. Okay. Except for, but just go say hi. I know someone who does. You guys can just go say hi. <laughs> <laughs> you can always feel free to I'll tell, I'll tell you to go see All right. well guys thanks so much for coming into our pioneer ladies podcast for the month of november get ready for us coming out in december and see you guys then so see you guys